0: Got conference play starting in the Big 12 this week. That's pretty exciting stuff. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Before we get going with Jenny Carlson of The Oklahoman, just a reminder, guys please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, however you get your podcast. Can't thank you enough for doing it. And uh, we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie if you leave that rating and review. Just send me an email of the screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I will get it right in the mail. All right, let's get it going. All right, so Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman is here, and uh, Jenny, Spencer Sanders obviously redshirted last year. He's off to a really good start this season. What's impressed you most about the Oklahoma State quarterback as he gets his career going in Stillwater?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, before the season started, there was a big question mark about who was going to be the starting quarterback for Oklahoma State. Uh, Coaches saying throughout the preseason and and on into game week even that they had planned to play two quarterbacks. And then on game day, it was announced that Spencer Sanders was going to be the guy, and we didn't know if that meant he was going to be the first guy out and they were still going to play Drew Brown a little bit. But as that game against Oregon State went on, it became pretty darn clear that Spencer Sanders was – Uh, was the guy and they weren't going to they weren't going to platoon the two and so he is the guy and yeah i mean i think i think we had an idea that he was going to be really good uh you know if he became that starting quarterback but i think he's i think he's a more accurate thrower than i anticipated him being even though he was you know gatorade player of the year in the state of texas and five-star recruit and all the accolades that you know, big-time quarterbacks uh, have. He is that, but I think he's been more accurate than I thought he would be. And while I thought he would um, be a bit of a scrambler runner, he's actually been more physical in the run game even than I expected him to be. Um, he is. He's, he's, he's a quick guy, but we've seen him take some contact where I thought he might be maybe more in the, not maybe as fast as a Kyler Murray, but maybe more in the, um, you know, illusion or elusiveness of the run game. He's been uh, not only able to uh, show off some some nice speed, but he's also been fairly physical. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that goes as the season goes on because I don't think the coaches want him in harm's way a bunch, but they also feel like that's such a dynamic part of his game that they don't want to restrict it either. So uh, that accuracy and that strength in the run game, those have been the two things that have really stood out to me.
0: Well, Jenny, you know uh, Mike Gundy as well as anybody from a reporter perspective. So is he is he taking a little bit of a victory lap I know it's only three games in but obviously all the controversy around whether or not Sanders should have played at least a couple of games last year since he could have with the new redshirt rules but is he kind of taking a victory lap saying hey guys I know what I'm doing here
1: (laughs) well you know I think it's an interesting conversation And, and Spencer Sanders has been uh pretty upfront about the fact that you know he's he's not who he was a year ago at this time I mean this is a guy that Uh, He didn't get to enroll early, so it wasn't like he was around a year ago after having enrolled in January and going through the spring. You know, he showed up in in the summertime, so he had only been on campus when the season started, you know, three months or so. And and so he was still, in his words, you know, in that learning process a year ago. I think he could have potentially been a guy that they could have used in some spot duty last year because I think he would have maybe been a little bit of a different look, especially – you know, with the speed uh, Oklahoma state using Taylor Cornelius, feet, but more in a power sort of running situation. He wasn't nearly as fast as Spencer Sanders is, but you know, Oklahoma state had an offensive line a year ago that was really still evolving. And I, you know, I, I think that there may have been some risk in throwing Spencer Sanders into the fire, even um, in, in a limited role, you know, if that offensive line has some struggles and he takes some hits or maybe doesn't have the success that, You know, he's looking to have. Does that hurt your, you know, your confidence? Does that hurt you mentally? And then, you know, could you potentially get hurt physically? Spencer Sanders, a guy that suffered an ACL injury as a junior in high school. And while that's several years past now, You know, you just you want to you want to take as much care as you can in those situations. So if you look at Oklahoma State a year ago, um, you know, and a lot of people are are still clamoring for, well, where was Spencer Sanders a year ago? But frankly, in the games, Oklahoma State lost very rarely could you point to quarterback play as their biggest problem. Uh, They had issues last year. But oftentimes, it wasn't the quarterback that was was the biggest problem for them.
0: Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And as we get going with conference play here in the Big 12, we're going to be placing all our bets with mybookie.ag. And I hope you will as well. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the absolute best. They've got the latest lines for the Big 12. And you can even continue to bet as the game goes on with in-game live betting. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be trying it this season. So if you join my bookie now, you'll double your first deposit with the promo code BIG12. That's big Two to activate the offer at mybookie.ag. You can't beat it. They'll double that first deposit with a minimum deposit of $45, maximum deposit of $1,000. And you can try that parlay. I always give it a shot. Got to be honest. Doesn't end up too well. But it's fun, and that's what this is about. So check it out, mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12. That's big One Two for a 100% sign-up bonus, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Jenny Carlson of The Oklahoman is joining us here on the show. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, Jenny, you know— one thing I do want to touch on, you wrote a really good piece about the passing of T-Boone Pickens last week and what he meant for his alma mater. Uh, for, for Big 12 fans that are not necessarily following Oklahoma State on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, they might have caused some of the drama on the outside, you know, Gundy and, and Holder mm-hmm. and Pickens bumping heads. But, but what is the legacy, outside of the stadium name, what, what is the legacy of T-Boone and Oklahoma State football?
1: Well, it's huge. I mean, uh, t- early 2000s, he gives he'd given some major gifts prior to uh, his really big gift for Oklahoma State football. But that 165 million dollars was transformational. And yes, it's a lot of brick and mortar um, that that money went to. But as much as anything, you know, it was a it was a um, psyche shift that he helped to really get kicking. Um, you know, it was Oklahoma State having what you know a, a lot of other programs. Uh, at the high end, had but a lot of other programs were wanting. I mean, they they essentially, uh, you know, went from having a, a a stadium that a lot of their even their most faithful fans were very. Uh, they were they were ashamed of. I mean, they were very proud to be cowboys and very proud to be OSU people. But it was a stadium that they were not very proud of, and and suddenly it became uh, a, a stadium with not only the, the the inside, but you know what the teams had, what the team had available to them, what the coaches had available to them. Became you know top end sort of high high level uh, accommodations. I think that really gave them a vision of hey, you know we can do this. We can we can really uh, make a push for for something better, something that has never really been achieved at Oklahoma State. And um, you know obviously it comes down to the people, but I think that those uh, those you know not only the the physical but the mental changes that uh, Boone Pickens helped to affect. You know I think it, it changed oklahoma state was able to go get in terms of um some assistance some players and you know that's where you start to see uh, a, a program now you know if you look back at the last decade they've had a winning percentage that rivals almost anybody in the country uh you know we're not just talking about programs uh, in the big 12 we're talking about you know the alabamas the georgias um you know all of those programs that people point to as, as blue blood type of programs oklahoma state has a has a record over the last decade that's right there in that conversation and doing it in the Big 12 during a Power 5 conference. So, I think it really was a transformational situation as you mentioned. There were times when a lot of Oklahoma State people, you know, kind of gave a cringe at, at, at some of the stuff that Boone Pickens said or 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 some of the ways that they uh, felt like he was affecting things, but they wouldn't be where they are today as a program, as a athletic department as a university. Had he not given those huge donations to uh, really uh, transform them in in so many ways, so uh, while there was some bad, and I don't think that anybody, even the most ardent Oklahoma State fan, you know they would they would admit that there was bad um, involved with uh, involved with that. But it, it, the good and the positive impacts that it's had overall far outweigh. Um, anything that uh, that was a negative to uh, Boone Pickens big involvement in the athletic department.
0: Jenny, this is I don't think there's a right answer and uh, it's probably like a chicken or the egg type thing. I mean it, does T Boone get more credit? Does Gundy get the credit? I'm sure these guys would each have different answers. but I mean how how, how does anyone quantify this?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't think that – I don't think Mike Gundy could have the success that he's having right now without Boone Boom Pickens giving the infusion because, um, you know, a, a person at Oklahoma State told me when Boone died that when he gave the $165 million, he told athletic department officials, he said, this is going to stunt growth. He felt like if he gave that kind of money that other donors would say – you know, well, Boone's got this. I don't have to open up my checkbook. And it actually turned out to be the opposite. People that had maybe been wondering, you know, should I do this? Should I not have stepped up? And people like Sherman Smith, the guy whose name is now on the indoor practice facility for football, the Greenwood family, which is on an amazing tennis center that they have at Oklahoma State and on and on down the list, people that were there were 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 huge Oklahoma State fans, but they hadn't maybe given those kind of gifts. Were inspired instead, so you know I think that you have to have uh, have to have that. But clearly, you know Mike Gundy has been a huge uh, innovator in his own right. I mean things that they've done and and uh, ways that they've gone about doing things. you, You can't you can't. Uh, You can't discredit that. You can't dismiss that. Um, But I do think that it's a different it's a different landscape that he's trying to compete in. If Boone Pickens isn't, you know, giving that first major gift and then continuing to give to the university, Um, I think it's a much bigger uphill climb for Mike Gundy and that program without without those dollars uh, given to to their efforts and what they continue to do to this day.
0: Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoma is joining us. All right, Jenny, you know, um, obviously covering the Sooners as well. The defense has mm-hmm. kind of been something that people are keeping a close eye on there with Alex Grinch. I, it, it hasn't been a great non-conference slate with, with Houston and UCLA, of course, the top two teams they've played, but both are kind of works in progress. What have you seen from this defense in the early going that, that should uh, please some Sooner fans heading into Big 12 play?
1: Well, I mean, I think they're I think they're a better defense this year. You know, last year they were last in the country in pass defense. 129th is where they ranked, and they they know it. Alex Grinch reminded them of that. Uh, they they uh, they owned it, and they intended to get better in the off season. And you know, three games in, you're right, it hasn't been the non conference uh, slate that maybe some teams have had. But you know, Houston with the Eric King, I think, presented a challenge. And uh, then Oklahoma going on the road to the Rose bowl, while it was a lot of red at the Rose bowl, you know, you're still facing an offense that does have some weapons and UCLA and a coach in chip Kelly who knows what he's doing. Um, so I think that there, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, complete uh, sort of non-factor non-conference slate for Oklahoma, maybe not as good as it could have been. Um, if you, you know, look at, what Houston and UCLA have been at different times over the last few years. If they're at a higher level, those tests are even bigger. But I think we have seen improvement. I think you uh, see that you know they are getting better play from their cornerbacks. You don't see as many wide receivers running open in the secondary. I think they're getting better play out of their linebackers, which has been a huge uh, area of concern over the last couple of years. Um, they've really had guys at linebacker that you know either because of um, the way they've been coached or the scheme or, or maybe a combination of all of it um, have been very reactionary. Um, and that really has, has hampered them. They haven't had difference makers at linebacker. And now you see a lot of the very same guys who were not difference makers before have become difference makers. So you you can get a sense that that is something that's changed under Alex Grinch and that the way that they're approaching things and the way they're being asked to play allows them to be uh, more disruptive than they have been in past seasons. So that's been really, really positive. The, the, The safety position is an area of concern that they're gonna to have to get short up. I think that's where you see the biggest um the biggest area that they're thinnest at. They aren't maybe getting the production or the results that they would want from that position. Uh Trey Norwood got hurt in the preseason and that meant they weren't gonna be as um they weren't gonna be as talented or as deep there. And that i I I don't know if he makes all the difference his loss at that at that position, but I definitely think that's hurt them, uh, a veteran guy, a talented guy getting hurt before the year starts. So they're going to have to figure out some ways as they move forward in a conference where – Offenses are not afraid to, to flood downfield with five or more uh, potential pass catchers. They're going to have to figure out a way to get those safeties some help, whether that means more pressure on the quarterback or uh, you know j- just some different things. I'm sure that that's something they're going to give a hard look at as they're having an off week this, this uh, week. But to me, the safety position is the biggest question mark right now. What kind of production can they get out of the guys they have and how can they help them so they're not as – Uh, You know, as they're not as exposed um, as they maybe could be, uh, you know, by some teams down the road. We'll have to see how that one goes.
0: Last thing for you, Jenny Big 12 in general. I think it's uh, surprised a lot of people. You know, KU's getting a win at Boston College, K State at Mississippi State, TCU at Purdue. Uh, This conference might be deeper than a lot of people thought it would be. What are your early impressions of, of how the conference has stacked up through three weeks?
1: Yeah, it's been kind of up and down, you know. The first, after two weeks, it, it seemed like the, the Big 12 was really looking for a marquee win and that you didn't know if they were going to get it after Texas loses to LSU. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought maybe the, the, the last best hope for the conference might be uh, Iowa State beating Iowa, which they didn't. But then we saw some teams that – Weren't necessarily expected to win, go and get wins, as you mentioned, um, you know, and and road wins too, which I think adds to adds to some of that. That you know, you've got some teams at the top that maybe maybe they aren't where we thought they were in terms of you know really going to jump up and try to be in contention for for a playoff spot. But maybe we we've got a conference that's a little deeper than it has been in the last few years because you know we've kind of seen. Uh, Oklahoma in a lot of years, it's Oklahoma state with them. And, and occasionally Texas also um, sort of being the teams that are most likely in the mix in those last couple of weeks of the season for, um, you know, a spot in the big 12 championship game. But yeah, you're right. You, you could have a conference that has more upset probability than we, we initially thought you might see a team that, you know, before the season, if you'd said, you know, what are the track games for, you know, the top three teams or top four teams in the preseason Uh, rankings you might not have picked these uh, games as trap games but the teams that um, are out there sort of maybe in that second tier of teams in the big 12 look like they may be better than anticipated so it's gonna be when you're talking about some teams that you know whether it's k-state kansas uh, texas tech you know teams with new coaches west virginia doesn't look like they're uh, maybe in the conversation for you know being in that mid-level of, of teams, they really look to be struggling right now. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they play Kansas here coming up. Uh, you know, can can one of those teams sort of say, hey, maybe we're we're the team that you want to worry about—that's that's the that's, that's, that's spoiler down towards the bottom of the conference—or you know, we'll have to see. But I think I think most of the teams in the league have shown something through the first few weeks. And it's going to be really interesting now that we are starting to pick up steam. Oklahoma State obviously going to Texas this week, then uh, Tech coming to Oklahoma the week after, K-State being at Oklahoma State. You're going to start seeing some of these teams that are, you know, vying for those top spots starting to play each other. So I think we're going to start to get some even more definition as this thing gets going. But, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting non-conference uh, there for a while. I was a little bit worried, but uh, this last weekend kind of restored my hope in the Big 12 and, and what we might see this, this year out of this conference. That
0: was a great week three, no doubt about it. And uh, speaking of the word great, she does great work for the Oklahoma, and She is Jenny Carlson, kind enough to join us here on the show for a few minutes. Jenny, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks. Great insight there. Thanks to Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman for joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much, guys. Leave us that rating and review. Always appreciate it. We'll send you a free koozie in the mail. If you do that, just send me an email, the rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.